Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Welcome TTB community. I am Elliot Shibley and here with me this morning is the Honorable Bob Domena. Honorable. Thank you. I, yeah, you're like a judge. Like because a, you're very I, judgy. Oh, see, I, I'm just I, kidding. I, just kidding. I, I automatically went to like knight or uh, medieval. In my mind, I went medieval when I uh, heard That's because you're a Game of Thrones fan. Game of Thrones fan. And I was thinking, uh, I don't know if everyone knows this, but if you've never been summoned to a court hearing because you had a parking ticket during COVID-19, I have a very fun experience for that. I told you about that, right? did you i don't know i don't know yeah don't la last august yeah part of the travel bites i had my first court hearing ever to dispute a parking ticket that i actually paid for so i didn't i didn't know why i was there i don't know how i could forget such a captivating story it was actually it's very <laughs> interesting i paid i literally paid for parking got a ticket for not paying then paid the ticket and then I was summoned to court and told if I did not plead guilty or non-guilty that I would have a warrant out for my arrest within 10 days. And so I sent in my not guilty plea and then I still had to show up to court last month and defend why I didn't pay my ticket. Even though I paid the ticket, even though I paid for parking, and even though I actually submitted an extra $12 to the parking authority. And I showed up took me three minutes to make my case and i was like i don't know why i'm here to be honest and the judge was like you know what you went through a lot of frustration i'm just dismissing this case well that was nice of him yeah but i still had to show up i was unbelievably nervous because i'd never been to court never done anything like that if you watch better call Saul, it was like one of those public defendant style things like i just represented myself there's one other person in the room yeah you've never had to stand in front of a judge for like a speeding ticket or anything nope never no oh man i must well i've never i've never <laughs> objected to one okay. I've, I've never well, fought one in new jersey if you if you object to one if you fight over one you can you can uh remove the potential or remove getting points on your license and pay more but you need to go to court to do that so okay. me being the horrible young driver that i was as a teenager and into my early 20s there are a few instances where i had to go before the judge agree to paying more in fines up front and then would not have to pay or would not get points on my license, which would mean that I would not have to pay more in insurance. So you might have to pay a few hundred dollars right then and there. But it saves you a few hundred bucks in insurance. But it saves you down the road, correct. And, and you end up paying less. So if you have the funds, that's one way to do it. And it's all just part of their stupid system that to make you pay more. lots of money. Let's get off of this. <laughs> we are yeah, not sorry, that was a big side tangent, but... <laughs> But if you're interested in hearing more or curious about it yourself, reach out to me. I'm happy to talk about it. Okay. So thank you for tuning into the Travel Bites uh, podcast where we actually talk about travel, not the court system of the United States of America. So if you haven't yet, go to our website, subscribe to our newsletter. You'll get a free cheat sheet that breaks down tidbits of information on how you can get uh better or how you can better research a trip, whether it's through hotel accommodations, airfare, things like that. I also provide a travel consulting services. You and I can sit down one-on-one -on -one and I will help you plan your trip abroad from the very beginning all the way to the very end. Everything from cheap airfare, again, 
to, you know, figuring out hotel and restaurant reviews, navigation of the city, creating a blueprint, a map for your urban navigation. You and I together, just like Elliot and I are sitting across in Zoom, you and I would do that and we would go through the nitty gritty details of your trip. Uh, we have, wow, that sounds amazing. It, 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 it's something that I enjoy. I'm passionate about it. I, I love doing that. And to, for me to be able to help people do it now is something that uh, I really I really enjoy and I look forward to doing for as long as I'm capable. So if, if you're interested and you're planning a trip abroad when you're capable of doing so, reach out. I'd be more than happy to help. Well, other than that, uh, we have a new travel uh, podcast series coming out. Well, we released one episode and we kind of put it on hold, but we're going to move forward with it very shortly. It's called Travel Around Table. Each month, we're going to break down a new topic as it relates to the diversity of our planet, cultural diversity, environmental diversity, whatever it may be. Six people are going to be on the podcast at one time, and it's just a group discussion on whatever the topic is that month. If you are listening to this and you are in the travel industry, you're a tour guide, you're a travel blogger, you're whatever you may be, and you want to join the panel, reach out to us, send us an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com with your website and your credentials, and we will add you to the list of uh, future guests based on a topic that we're going to have down the line. Let's see here. Last two more things. Join us on social media, Instagram and Facebook. We post pictures of our guests that are provided to us by our guests that coincide with the conversation we have that week. It's a great way to add context to the podcast and engage with us on that specific conversation. In addition to that, YouTube, we are now posting videograms, um, video snippets, and the full-length video conversation to YouTube. So we are now doing our full one-hour podcast in video format to YouTube for your viewing pleasure. If you want to take a look at our faces and enjoy our content that way, you're more than welcome to. Lastly, as most of you know, if you're a, a, a longtime listener of the podcast, we are out of the Philadelphia area, and we now have a Philadelphia tour guide under our belt. His name is Keschler Thibert. He is a close friend of the podcast. His podcast is going to be released shortly. We had him on this month. This month, yeah, to talk about all things Philadelphia, and and he's actually joining us for two episodes of the Travel Around Table podcast series. So look for him uh, to be a more active member of the Traveler's Blueprint in the months to come. This week's Travel Bites will go over a man who was piloting a jetpack in Los Angeles and we'll go over major airlines and how they are canceling their no change or they are canceling their change fees. Just to clarify that, uh, we give an update on the U.S. travel restrictions from different states where you can travel from the state you're in and if you have a restriction when you return. And if you are an essential worker, stay tuned for a very exciting update where you could potentially win a free vacation. And then nano needles. What the hell are they? And are they coming to an airport near you? And then a fun one. Tom Cruise rented two cruise ships which I think is very appropriate. I mean, they're cruise ships. All right, anyway, for a movie he's producing, I think it's the seventh installment of the Mission Impossible series, so we'll give a little bit of information on that. All right, Bob, talk about this jetpack. This one is pretty interesting. So pilots, 
<laughs> just like lining up with how 2020 has been going so far, pilots flying into LAX on Sunday, August 30th reported a man on a jetpack as they approached landing at the airport. So it was a flight. <laughs> was it Tony Stark? It could have been, right? Isn't he out of LA? So the FBI is now investigating this. It's incredibly dangerous, obviously, to have a man flying in close proximity to one of the busiest airports on the planet, but they still haven't found the guy. They don't know who did it. So it's been five, what, six days? It's been, yeah, yeah. Almost a week. Almost a week. I checked again today to see if they found him, and they have not. They they identified the general location of where they think he launched from, and the article I was reading said that it is known to have jetpacks that can go up a few thousand feet into the air, but they only have a few minutes of fuel, and they're incredibly expensive. So, uh, is it Elon Musk? Maybe. 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 I know... I know the Mythbusters, I know Adam Savage was building an, a real Iron Man suit, and he was testing one of those out last year. So maybe it's him. Interesting. So in the one article I was reading, it said that it, it was probably a drone, not a jetpack, more likely a drone that had someone mistake, you know, some the pilots mistaken for a jetpack. But then I saw a video of it. There's two videos. They're incredibly distant, but they're clear enough for you to see it and it looks like a dude standing vertically in the air and it, it it's just kind of mind-boggling that we have this problem now and it just it fits it fits the the trajectory of 2020 who knows what's going on with that but that's an ongoing invest- <laughs> an ongoing fbi investigation i think it's comical it is yeah serious but comical at the same time Right. Yeah. You obviously, no one got hurt and he wasn't, he wasn't like standing outside of the airport. He was just in close proximity to the airport enough to where the pilots flying into LAX saw him. So we have that going on. Men men on jetpacks. Yep. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. So our second article goes into American Delta and United and Southwest are changing up their change fee policies. And if you've ever had a flight where you've had to either cancel or change it to a different location or time because of various circumstances, you sometimes have to pay a fairly hefty change fee, which kind of sucks. I know I did, and I was not happy about it. It was like 200 bucks for a $200 flight. So I essentially doubled the cost of my flight. Yeah, and this is something that, unless you had a legitimate excuse. So if you were able to provide the airline with information, um, you know, a medical emergency or something that, I, I, whatever they deemed legitimate and a good reason to cancel, they would waive it. But if you had just any other reason, you had to pay this $200 fee. Now, to me, it's great for the people booking airfare. But it's not a good indication of where the airline is right now. Absolutely not. And it's really, it's worrisome for them to cut this. They really need people to fly in a time when no one is really willing to fly to, to sort of tack on to this and maybe go on a slight tangent. There are major announcements for, I don't know if it's United or Delta, that are, that are following uh, 16,000 people. American Airlines, 19,000 people. These are this this these are serious serious times for the airline industry. Uh, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't. I can't imagine it's going to be the same. After I don't. Whatever. 
Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of speculation that we can talk about, but I don't think the airline industry it's obviously going to recover, right? People still want to travel. It's just a matter of how long the recovery will take and what the lasting impacts will be. I think in several years, we'll be at the same level of travel as we were in 2019. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think, I think, I think more people are going to travel. But I just am curious to see as it relates to the logistics of booking airfare to going through the airport. I think that is going to be completely different. Yeah. This virus. So, so there are, I'm just going to go through a few, few of these details really quick. American Delta and United are waiving fees for all tickets except basic economy. Southwest is waiving all fees because they do not even have a basic economy option. Award tickets are included for American Southwest and United, not Delta, so your points are safe. If so that's that that means if you booked with points and you need to change your fee, you can do so through American Southwest and United, mm-hmm. not Delta. If you switch to a cheaper flight, then you get credited the difference with American or Southwest. With United, you lose the value, and Delta has not made an announcement either way at this point. If you switch to a more expensive flight, you will owe the difference with all the airlines, obviously. Which makes sense. Yeah. And if you cancel, you cannot get a refund with any airline, and the only airline to allow you to convert credit to points is Southwest with conditions that you would have to figure out at the time Mm -hmm. uh, you cancel the flight. And note that these destinations for American Airlines is pretty much the entire United States, plus Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, Mexico, Canada, and the Caribbean. For Delta, it's all domestic destinations, Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. For Southwest, it's all destinations. And for United, it's all domestic destinations, including Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. So I don't think international flights are included on these at this time, except for the ones listed for American Airlines. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's what I took from it, too. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next article. So COVID-19 in in September, there are states that have travel restrictions still. I believe, I believe the CDC said that there are no more, but there are no state or you're not requiring it or they're not recommending it. I forget what it is. This is not related to that. This is which states in particular have their own travel restrictions in place. There are 17 of them that currently have it in place as of September 1st. Yep. So we'll we'll list the 17 and then we'll go into some of the ones that you guys are living in. So Alaska, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, and DC. Now, if you live in any of those locations, there are travel restrictions if you go to specific other states. If you're not on this list, you do not have any travel restrictions, but that does not mean you shouldn't take precaution. So for those living in Pennsylvania, there are a list of 20 states that you are recommended to do a self-quarantine after returning from. Go to the state health website to find out what those states are. Similarly, New Jersey and New York seem to have the same policies And they have 33 states that you have to quarantine if you travel to. So since a lot of our listeners are based in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, 
and Indiana, South Carolina, and California, we listed pretty much all of those that, all the information that you need. Bob? Yeah, so for more information, make sure you just go to your state COVID-19 travel guidelines. And for the most part, states are recommending you stay quarantined for 14 days, regardless of if, whether or not you test negative. Yep. That, that is an important point because I think a lot of people ask that if I, if I come back from traveling to one of those states listed on my travel restrictions and if I get a test when I come back and it's negative, does that mean I have to quarantine still? And the answer is yes. The recommendation is that even if you test negative, you should still quarantine because the tests seem to be only truly effective if you are showing symptoms and it is known that symptoms may not appear for two to 14 days, which is why we have the 14 day quarantine. Right. Yep. And, and we are going to link this article in our show notes. So if you want to actually break down or, or get a better breakdown of what your state is requiring, you can click the link in our show notes and there's a lot more information on each individual state and what they're saying you should do. Mm -hmm. So this next one is very exciting for essential workers. And this isn't the first time we've listed something like this, and we like doing it because it gives a little bit of hope, right? It does, yeah. And this is a company that that I've used with my wife, Kentiki. They're uh, Australia-based, and we signed up for a trip with them back in 2015 to go to Thailand and had an incredible experience. I, 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 I love it. I talk about that trip all the time. I made lifelong friends on that trip that have been on this podcast I highly recommend using them. Now there's another reason that I'm going to support this company and it's because they're offering, let's see, they're offering $2,500 as well as five $500 travel vouchers and Kentucky merchandise to an essential worker that you can nominate. You can start nominating people today that picked up on September 2nd. Elliot, are you going to nominate anybody? I I probably will. I might I might nominate Amanda. I did already. You did? Yeah. Oh, Not then Amanda. I won't. Not Amanda. Oh, I was like, why did you nominate Amanda? Did you <laughs> did you nominate Marlia? Of course. Yeah. Nice. And so, yeah. I, what about Sarah? I'm going to nominate. Are you, are you saying that because you know Sarah's listening? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, she's an essential worker. She is an essential worker. No, I did. I thought about um, going back and, and nominating Sarah and my sister, Laura, too. Right. So you, you can do this. You have to submit this by October 10th. And the winner will be announced on October 31st. I, when I went through the process, uh, you can just, you just go in, you can write their name, their email address, your email address, a quick summary of why you think that person should be nominated or should re receive this, this travel reward. And you can upload a few pictures of that person if you have them. And, and then you just click submit. It was very easy, very simple because I travel with my wife. I had a bunch of pictures of her already on my computer and I just uploaded them very quickly and, and sent it in. So I think it's a cool way for this company to realize that people are struggling, to realize the hard work that people are putting in as essential workers and doing what they can in their little niche to, to help, you know, yeah. and understand they that they need a vacation when they right. can't get one. Yeah. yeah. If anybody needs a vacation right now, it's, it's these people that have been working day in and day out. To, yeah. To and speaking of vacation, and we kind of mentioned it earlier, the future of air travel is definitely going to be changing due to some high tech technology or high tech, high tech, what high tech devices due to the coronavirus. Yeah. High tech think, technology is redundant, isn't it? Hmm. 
it is it is redundant, but it makes sense. It I, does. It does. Anyway. Yeah. So we already mentioned nano needles earlier. Bob, do you even know what nano needles are? Tiny needles. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. Some facial recognition and basically other technological advances that are going to make travel safer. Now, planes and airports are going to start deploying this futuristic technology, one of those which looks like a mini Zamboni, which is really cool. Yeah, these are pretty cool. So they're cleaning robots, and they just look like, I mean, as you said, uh, mini Zambonis that just drive up and down the airport using UVC light which is a a form of ultraviolet radiation to kill DNA and RNA. They're already apparently used in hospitals around the country, Mm -hmm. and now they're just bringing them to an airport near you. Yep. And facial recognition, which is already in some airports, but it will probably be expanded to a lot of other airports. And it'll basically scan your face, all parts of it to get a better idea of who you are and keep it in a database. And then this will help you with, even with uh, a mask on, it is designed to look at your eyes and your ears. Right. Yeah. Did we use this or we had to go through this when we went to Peru, right? Yeah. And I think it was a, it was a picture. I don't know if it was necessarily a facial scanner, but I think Uh, it was uh, to compare your photo to, like right. your passport or ID. And this, the, the thing that this is really going to remove from the airport or the airline process or the airport process, whatever you want to call it, is where you're standing in line, you're handing your passport to somebody, they're looking at it, they're touching it, they're handing it back to you, then they touch the person's you know uh, passport before you and after you, and it's just removing human contact and interaction, which, uh, for better or for worse, is the way we're going to move, no matter what. Yeah. That's that. This is one thing, the removal of human interaction, these tiny little human interactions, I think is going to stick with us. Yeah. Even after the pandemic's over, these streamlined processes that you can now do digitally with high tech, high tech or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it is, is here to stay for sure. The cleaning robots, uh, you know, that's something depending on cost and efficiency and the research might or might not make it through this. I don't know, but this facial recognition, facial recognition technology, the removal of these microtransactions among humans, I think is going to be around for good. My coworker and I were actually talking about this earlier this week about, and this is a tiny side tangent, but are hugging and handshaking going to be removed from society or kind of reduced do you think people are going to continue to do that i am not a fan of shaking hands and so i hope so now i was never a big hand shaker like and and even if hugging i like hugging people that i like but to be at a party (laughs) to be at a party or something where you're you're you were around a lot of people and you had to like make your rounds and say goodbye and hug everybody I never really enjoyed that, so I welcome the removal of of mass hugging and mass handshakes. So, what would uh, you do instead? Bow. I'm I'm the type of guy to just stand up and like get close to the door and say, "All right, everybody, see you later," and do like one broad wave. Thank you for having me, and then you duck out. So that that was more my style. I'm not, you don't do the good goodbye tour. No, because then it's individual goodbye conversations over and over. You know, it is. Oh, you That's know, why it's a tour. 
Right. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I was never a big fan of that because then, you know, it's the same conversation. It was good seeing you. I'll see you later. Give me a call. We'll figure something out. We'll hang out. And then it's like, okay, next person repeats. Same person, conversation. Repeat. Yeah. And then when you do the broad, all right, everybody, see you later. Just, you know, it, it's a good, I think people get the message too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Goodbye. And then you just duck out and you're good. They, and they get the message that you don't want to talk to them it's, anymore. It's clean and easy. And you know what? Now, in hindsight, who's the guy that wasn't spreading the virus? This guy. Yeah. Right. Very true. Well, now back to the main conversation, health screenings. You're basically going to get a thermal body scanner that tests your temperature. Now, these things, I'm not sure how accurate these things actually are. And Bob, you seem to run a little high. So is that going to affect you? I've set off the, uh, uh, what's the scanner? You know, the body scanner that you already have to go through. I forget what that's called. Where they, where they burst the air on you and you have to stand there with your hands above your head. Uh, yeah, isn't that just a body scanner? Whatever that, whatever that is and whatever it does, I've triggered that from sweat. Because when I, so when I was traveling around, sometimes I would try to get a hike in before I would leave. If I was in a, especially, I would, I would get a quick hike in in the morning and then sometimes head straight to the airport and I would, I would be hot. And yeah, so that sweat would set it off. And I learned that because the, the people working the TSA agents would tell me like, you know, you look a little hot, you're like, <laughs> you're a little disheveled and uh, you, that's probably why you set it off. So for people that are like me that run hot. Yeah, it's going to be an issue. And I think it honestly, But it also it doesn't just do temperature, right? It it looks at blood oxygen levels, your heart rate and your respiration rate. So it's basically a doctor's checkup in the airport. Yeah. They need to put that into the doctor's office. Yeah, that'd be sweet. a lot of time. And it would save you interaction, right? Like right. doctors doctors want to limit their exposure to the coronavirus just as much as anybody else. And if you can if you can put something in place that does not have human contact that can be cleaned easily, then yeah, why not? Yeah. I, I'm all for it. I, I'm all for it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not the best person to talk to about, uh, holding on to human interaction because as much as I do like interacting with people and we have a podcast where we literally <laughs> interact with people, I, I see the benefit of removing us from certain situations, from these uh, stranger interactions. Yeah. All right. Let's keep moving. Okay. So right. there are a lot of different mobile apps that are kind of popping up all over the place between various cities that are testing them out, but also in airports. And it's essentially looking at how close you've been in contact with other people and alerting you if one of those people has contracted coronavirus. But some of these apps don't actually use your location. It's just Bluetooth interfaces that measure if you've been standing next to someone within six feet for longer than 15 minutes. And if that person then gets coronavirus, it gives you a notification that you should get tested. It's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. But it, so, so not only is it helping you and tracking various people, but it's doing it in a private way. Right. It's not tracking who they are and it's not telling other people who it was that they came in contact with. It's just saying you came in contact with someone and it's not tracking your location. The Bluetooth aspect of it only tracks your proximity to other people. Do you know the name of that app? I, I don't know it offhand. Either NPR or the New York Times did an entire article on it. I think it's based in the Virginia area, maybe. 
a state a state is trying to implement it and trying to get more people to use it and it's a fairly new app it's pretty cool so uh, getting back into what may be permanent as far as the changes that are going to be made because of coronavirus i think crowd size and line size are going to be controlled much differently permanently moving forward i don't think we're going to have large crowds like we were before, like we did before. I don't know if that means lowering occupancy for concerts and things like that. Um, yeah. like, or if it's going to be more, if it's going to be a mix of virtual and in-person events, like yeah. it, the event will allow people to virtually attend. Right. So now like, instead of like lawn seats being the worst seats you could buy, yeah, you know, right. Virtual seats. Like, it's yeah, a, it's a good point. It's a step behind the lawn seat. Yeah. yeah. No, and something for airports that I think about with this is, Whenever um, an airline would start to board, you'd have the, everybody get up and crowd the gate and wait for them to be called. One thing that I was reading about is you'll now have the mobile app, and in addition to getting the check-in and everything like that that we already were doing beforehand, you'll get a buzz to say, okay, now you're being called up to go get onto your flight. So the, the, the airline, the stewardess, the person checking you in might not be calling you to the gate anymore. You wait for your phone to buzz, your app to buzz, you stand up, you get your face scanned, and you board your plane, and there's no human interaction. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, right. um, so on a similar note to that, I don't know if you've been following following what the NBA has been doing down in Disney with the Magic Bands. I have not, no. So you know you're familiar with what the Magic Bands are? No, they're basically bands that you wear on your wrist that it has all of your information. It's got your credit card. You can just take it and it does a slew of different things that like has your fast pass on it. And it just basically keeps all of your information in a little band on your wrist. You don't have to bring a wallet around. You don't have to bring like a purse at all. And it replaces all of those items. So what the NBA has done is they've repurposed that magic band to be a coronavirus passport, if you will. And it, like that mobile app that I discussed earlier, it tracks how long they've been in contact with someone. And they will notify you if one of the people they've been in contact with for more than five or 10 minutes has had coronavirus. And it is an incredible system that helps it does the uh what's that term where you track contact tracing Mm -hmm. yeah so it does contact tracing extremely accurately and it's essentially eliminated the spread of the coronavirus within the nba disney world bubble interesting so i I'm all for it. I like this. I, I like these technologies. The thing, though, that I do worry about that I think is a legitimate thing to be concerned about is who's going to get it and try to do bad with it? Who's going to try to get it and hack it and steal money or do something with your identity? Like, I feel like those are very real threats. Yeah, but those threats have always better. been there, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's always a game of catch up. It's always the technology is developed, it's used for good, and then the bad people come in, and then it's like, okay. We've, you know, we found the loophole, let's patch this loophole, and then the bad guys find a new... But it's always going to be that way, right? It always will be that way. There's never going to be, with new technology, with new advancements, there's always going to be different threats that arise from it. 
even though the the technology itself is for the greater good, and I think it has more of a positive impact than the threat of or the risk of people hacking it. Same same thing goes with autonomous cars. We've talked about it a lot, and I think the overall benefit of those cars, even though there's a chance that someone can hack it, there's a chance that someone can hack your car now because of how much computer technology is in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think there are people that are more concerned about the negative than I am, and that's where the push up, pushback is going to be. To briefly go in a little quick side tangent, like the Neuralink is a great example. Yeah. Of that. Listening to this and don't know what the Neuralink is, Elon Musk is proposing to drill a hole in your skull and plant a chip, and you will. Be <laughs> He's not going to do it. A doctor will. He's going. You're going to be able to access the internet directly through your brain and communicate with people through your brain. And I know this sounds like science fiction and like it will never be a reality, but it is close to becoming a reality. It is, it is real. They've already tested it on live pigs. It is real. It's crazy. So you and I will be able to communicate without even moving our lips. I'll be able to send you a text message with my brain yeah. to your brain. And that has been science fiction for a long time. But I think the interesting thing about the Neuralink that should be noted is that the primary use for it isn't necessarily to function as day-to-day -day stuff. The first thing that they want to do with it is help with cancer treatments and um, immunocompromised individuals. It will help your body actually fight. Yeah. I'd be curious to see how it how it would helps people with memory loss types of illnesses like Alzheimer's. Yes. And yeah. Things like that. So. Yep. And just to continue on our conversation about all of these mobile apps, these tracking services and privacy, I think it should be we're coming to a point now where we need to ask ourselves how much are we willing to how much freedom are we willing to sacrifice and privacy are willing to sacrifice to enable ourselves to have more movement freedom and travel freedom. Right. And and so this is something that there is a pushback on where people will say, none, I don't want to sacrifice any of my freedoms to be able to move. And then I, for, to those people, I want to say, you already do. You already, you already do. You already have a driver's license with all of your information so you can get a car, so you can drive. You have a passport so you can fly. Like you, you If you already, have a phone... That's all of your information. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you offer your information to credit card companies so you can get a credit card so you can spend more money to, you know, you to a mortgage company so you can take out a loan for a house. So you do give up these personal freedoms and you do give up a lot of information already. And it comes back to what Elliot said earlier, you know, what are you willing to, or the, the, the positives will outweigh the negative. And yeah, there's people that might steal your identity. It happens all the time. Yeah, does it does. That, does that mean you never get a credit card and you never take out a loan or I don't know. It, it's it's such a weird there's no black and white answer to any of this. No. And that's something that I always I, I hate when people try to force you to answer something definitively. There's it's all gray and it's all open to discussion. And so yeah. you you can, you know, pick and choose which way you want to go. Okay, the last thing in this article, really quick, I think we could just run through this one. Hazmat suits for flight attendants. They are mm. changing and some of them are very interesting looking. They're very futuristic, but airline or flight attendants, as they should, are taking this very seriously and increasing the amount of PPP, PPE. Personal protective equipment. Yes, the PPE that they wear while they work and 
Um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting to see the different designs that are coming out with Philippine Airlines, Asian Airlines, and American Airlines. And so just something that you probably will see if you start to fly maybe in the wintertime through next spring, you're going to see these flight attendants in these updated uniforms that are essentially uh, acting as a way to protect them from spreading the virus and from contracting the virus. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking at the ones from Air Asia. They're kind of interesting looking. They look like Santa Clauses. It's like all yeah, red and white. Those are the red ones. Yeah, some of yeah. them they, they remind me of like spacesuits. We're getting very yeah. like I don't know what it is about developing these things that you have to look like you're part of the Jetsons. Right, right. <laughs> it is. It is getting to that point. Um, all right. So the last thing is a fun one, and we already mentioned it. It is that Tom Cruise is renting out two cruise ships for his latest Mission Impossible movie. And he's helping out his, he's housing his cast and crew on these cruise ships to shoot the film. And they're basically creating their own COVID bubble. Yeah, it's, it, this is very interesting. I, I thought it was pretty funny that he was renting out cruise ships, but it's a good way for him to use his money to bring- Any, any ship that he buys is a cruise ship. Right. What do you think he would name a yacht? You know how we have the rapid fire questions? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Would yeah. he would he name it the Cruiser Bruiser? The cru- I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> he's he's a weird guy. I I mean, he's a he's an interesting individual. I like a lot of his movies though. I do too. I love the Mission Impossible series. I have not gotten into those. The, what was the one where it was like the day after tomorrow? No, not the day after tomorrow. The one where he kept waking. Oh, the uh, Edge. Emily Blunt. Is yes, yes. Yeah. Edge Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, that was good. I love that film. Yeah. So, so fun. It was like Groundhog Day, but war. Right. It was like a video game. You yeah. kept getting, you kept getting, reviving or uh, yeah. respawning. <laughs> respawning. Yeah. So that was a pretty cool movie. I think this is a cool way for him to use his money to make sure that his crew, his movie crew is as safe as possible. Yeah. Can't yeah. He spent 600000 to rent these two cruise ships for a month. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's good for him. I might watch the movie now. So yeah. Uh, so up this month to end the show is Scott Light again. This time he's talking about animals and drugs. So basically, animals using drugs and animals used as drugs. And then we have Justin Jonesy, who we talk with him about him hiking Antarctica and kayaking the Tasman Sea. So basically, from unsupported, yeah, with a with a buddy. He went from Australia to New Zealand in a kayak. It's like 2,600 miles. Uh, Mind-boggling. And and then when he hiked Antarctica, he it was from uh, the end, edge of the continent to the South Pole. And, and then back. he hiked back. Yeah, also unsupported. Unsupported. Yeah, Crazy. unreal. And then the last episode of this month is Mark Watson, who discusses his trip where he cycled from Alaska to Patagonia over the course of three and a half years. Bicycle ride. It was a bicycle ride, 28,000-mile bicycle ride starting in Dead Horse, Alaska. He went so crazy. From Alaska, through Canada, through the entire United States along the Continental Divide Trail, into Mexico, made a quick trip to Cuba, and then rode through the entire continent of South America to the edge, to the to the tip of south america right yeah so it was an incredible conversation so okay thank you 
for listening today. Uh, if you are an advocate of this show, please take one minute to just rate this show on iTunes or wherever it is you're listening to it. Uh, check out our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, social media posts um, always coincide with the, the podcast of the week to give you context to that conversation. And lastly, while you're at it, if you want to take one minute to contribute what essentially would be less than a cup of coffee per day to our Patreon page, it goes a really far away in contributing to the production and content that we create for you. And we really appreciate uh, even if you would even consider that. So, and, and lastly, lastly, before we end the show, okay. I, we want to we ask you, since we're coming to the end of the summer and the school years are kind of starting back up and we're getting to fall and the travel season is kind of slowing down, uh, we want to hear from you what trips you had planned that you weren't able to take and what trips you did in place how did you find or what outlet did you use to quench your travel thirst so right. reach out to yeah, us the travelers blueprint at gmail.com you can shoot us uh, an instagram message you can reach out to us on facebook whatever it is we want to hear your stories yeah elliot i know i i sent you my i showed you my screen on my phone today I was supposed to be leaving for Venice today. And yeah. so if you're listening to this and you had travel plans canceled, we feel your pain. We both had travel plans canceled. It is has not been a good year for people who enjoy traveling and experiencing the world in general. So uh, one way that I'm dealing with it is instead of going to Italy the next week, we are going to get a cabin up in the woods in central New York and enjoy some peace and quiet and get away from civilization instead of instead of embracing it and diving into it and yeah. going and visit urban areas i like um, tonight amanda and i are going to be camping outside in our backyard that's cool yeah just for fun so that's, a, that's a that's a good little thing you can do it's different it's a cool experience i'm sure it'll be a ton of fun yeah all so, right stay safe stay healthy let us know what you're up to and tune in next week